Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to another episode of the Steelers Q&A. Oh, there we go with the music run, running back. <laughs> I apologize. It's Jerry Betts here with you. Uh, it's been a minute now. That's This is a, a week off I had last week from doing the Q&A, but I'm back this week and I've got a special guest with me. We've had him on the show before, but here to talk Steelers football with me and answer your questions is my good friend Tate. Tate, what's going on, man? Hopefully, uh, we are we are past what happened this last season and ready to move forward. I haven't talked to you since then. So, how are things going for you? How did you feel about the Steelers season, and and what are you looking forward to uh, this off season here? Bets, what's good, man? Little homie JB, man, what's up? Yep, good oh, to be man. with you. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. And you know, this kind of started the other day after listening to to you and uh, Jeff's let's ride on Friday, the whole, the whole quarterback talk, yep. man. And I, and I sent you a message to Slack and said, man, I agree with your perspective. 100%. You said, Hey man, you yes, want to well, come on Sunday? <laughs> we yeah, can talk yeah, about all this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, man, I really appreciate the, you know, the ad. And I think the Steelers season, man, I was relatively pleased. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we are a better team, even though we weren't as good as we could have been. I think we were a better team than, than many folks expected, especially the prognosticators. We went five and one in the AFC North. If Kenny Pickett had to play well, we'd have went six and zero. Oh. We'd have beat Cleveland in that thirteen ten game. And I think is we got some building blocks for next year, man. I, the part I frown upon is the, the the three we lost to the Patriots, the Cardinals, and the and the Colts in that three game yeah. losing streak. But that was that was all Mitch Trubisky, right? So yeah. he's out of there. So like, and I think you know you you talk to the to the old the OG homie Shannon White man we do the mm-hmm. pump your brakes together and he's on the hangover. Big G and myself are t- 
typically telling Shannon, come on, man, we're not as bad as you making us out to be, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we do have some holes, but all teams have holes. And just, just to give you a little bit of perspective on a hole, we need we need we need a tackle, probably a right yeah. tackle, Roger Jones, a left tackle. But I'd rather deal with Dan Moore again than have to just be married to Kenny Pickett. Not that Kenny Pickett can't win the job, but he has to compete for the job. He has to win the job against a credible, against credible competition. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And, you know, when Jeff and I discussed it, obviously uh, a little bit of a difference of opinion, but from himself and then, and then myself, but it was a great discussion. And I think points made on both sides have validity to it. I just think that my biggest issue with, with where the Steelers sit currently is based on the reporting we're getting from uh, from Jeff and, and Brian, who have an inside source um, within the Steelers, pretty high up in the organization, and he's yeah, letting us know that you know they're not they're not pursuing a, a Justin Fields trade or bringing Kirk Cousins. They're not gonna they're not gonna attempt something like that because they, according to Jerry Dulac, don't want to bring in a guy who wants to be a starter. That was his verbiage, not mine. And to me, I just thought it was premature to say we're riding with Kenny and a Tannehill type player who's going to come in and and be kind of like a a, a not a foolproof uh, like a, a fail safe, if you will, on on our quarterback situation. But he's not going to really take over the job. He's not going to really come in to compete for the job. He's just going to kind of be to support Kenny and give him give him everything. If that's what you land on after you've made attempts at upgrading the position in free agency, after you've scoped it out in depth once deals can be made. I mean, you may have made conversations, uh, but nobody's throwing back and forth uh, trade value right now. I mean, you can't even really do that. So, And you're not talking to Kirk Cousins yet. You can't do that either. So if you're making a decision now – you have not gone over all your options and given yourself the best chance to improve the quarterback situation. That was my big gripe with the whole news. So, you know, that that's just kind of where I stand. And you you said you agree with me. So go ahead and, and tell tell me why you kind of feel the same way about this situation. Well, for starters, man, if you if you if at the end of the end of the season the press conference, Coach Tomlin said. There will be competition at the quarterback position. It's a big year for Kenny Pickett. Yeah. But if you're bringing somebody in that doesn't want, has aspirations to try and be a starter and win a job, what kind of competition is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't agree with that part of it. Uh and I and you know, and I was I was a huge proponent of Kenny Pickett when he got drafted. You know, I was first on the Malik Willis train. You know, because I figured Kenny might have went around round seven or eight, if I recall, to like Carolina or New Orleans at that time. Kenny dropped to twenty. Then we got Kenny, and I thought, I thought at worst he could he could be a poor man's Joe Burrow. I was all along with Kenny at that time. After the first season, he I had a couple comeback wins. The second half of the season, after he came in in week four, I believe against the Jets. Yeah. Couple good comeback wins that season, got us to go seven and two after the second half. Okay, this Kenny thing could be good. 
than this past season. From 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 the kickoff opener against the 49ers, he missed that that slant route to Deontay Johnson in the end zone. It just was not a good season. He wasn't making throws. He wasn't really moving the offense. We weren't scoring points. So many things. And then Mason Rudolph comes in. Then Mitch comes in. Yeah, Kenny's better than Mitch. We all know that. Mitch is already out of town already. So Mason Rudolph comes in, man, and he moves the offense. I mean, and I and, and I use the the uh, the difference between when Kenny got his one start without Matt Cannon against the Bengals. I think we won that game sixteen and ten. Yeah, he did move the ball. It's the first game we got over four hundred yards. Two weeks later, we played the Bengals again. Mason throws up thirty four points. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kenny is just not scoring the points. And I'm, and you know, and I, I, I mean, I think, and I hope the source that Jeff and Bad have up in the organization is just putting stuff out there, smoke screens out there to maybe create the lack of interest in anybody from the Steelers to maybe bring some of the cost down on, on a potential, you know, whatever assets they may have to move to try and get somebody. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah. So I just. As of right now, I don't think Kenny Pickett is the answer. If he proves it, if he proves he is the answer and can't win the competition against again a credible quarterback, then I'm all with it. He wins the job. Let's roll. Let's see yeah. what happens. But right now, and even the people that want to bring Mason back, yeah. And, and again, we talk backstage bets. Mason's going to cost more this year than Justin Fields and potentially Russell Russell Wilson if he gets released by the Broncos. Mason Rudolph's going to cost more. And now we're talking about bringing back the guy that was our third-string quarterback. And Mason had a good run. It was a good run. It wasn't like the best run ever. It wasn't Joe Flacco taking the Ravens to the Super yeah. Bowl back in 2012. But uh, yeah. I do think I do think Mason looked so good because Kenny had looked so bad all year and Mitch. So, you know, yeah. we got to put things in perspective, I think. Yeah, and I do think that stretch with Mitch Trubisky really, really set the bar low. <laughs> and then Mason Rudolph cleared it so drastically that it was it was kind of eye opening to see. But yeah, I'm I, I, there's going to be some in the comment section that are you know that I respect their opinion um, that think Mason Rudolph hasn't shown everything that he's going to be, and that if you bring him back and give him a shot, that he could prove to be a franchise caliber quarterback. I don't see it necessarily. Um, and I also don't think that you should pigeonhole yourself as a team into one line of thinking. That's where I have a problem with like the organizational thinking. It seems to be stuck in a rut and they, they've got their way of doing things. They home grow their players. And I get that. You want to home grow your players. That's great. But at some point you got to admit, Hey, <clears throat> this guy, that we're trying to home grow isn't growing. <laughs> so we got to, we got to do something about that. Absolutely. And at least give ourselves a shot to upgrade it. Now, listen, every other position uh, on the team, this off season, the Steelers are going to go into free agency and in the draft, and they're going to say, how can we upgrade this position? Why can't they do that with the quarterback position? I mean, why marry yourself to a guy, like you said, that you have absolute zero certainty about, when every other position, you're going to go out there and you're going to try to upgrade it if you feasibly can from a financial perspective. And when we talk about the salary cap going up $30 million this year, and it, you know, the Steelers obviously have some maneuvering to do to get in, in a place where they can make a bunch of big signings, but it's going to be a lot easier now than it was just a week ago. 
that from what we were thinking. So you literally, you can make it work. You can make whatever you want to work. Omar Khan and Omar Khan, I definitely trust as far as the financials go, but do we trust the Steelers to figure out the quarterback position? I'm not sure. I'm looking at some comments here. Uh, Brian Miswell said, giving Pickett a starting job for doing absolutely nothing makes our organization a joke. It's hard to argue with that. Agree, Brian. <laughs> I mean, Agreed. It's hard to argue with that. So that one, and then um, two girls, one Stanley Cup says, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, as far as the Steelers aren't pursuing any other quarterback options, she says, I'll believe it when I see it. They can't come out right now and say Kenny needs replaced when he's the only quarterback on the roster. That may be viable uh, thought here, but what do you think? Hey, Bet. Hey, man. So, yeah. uh, which one of these comments want to go on first? Um, Kenny Pickett is the only quarterback on the roster. Yep. And, but, so arguably, we had the worst quarterback play for a team from the quarterback position, no matter who was in, in the league last year, right? Of, yep. of the three guys. Would you agree bottom... with that? Yeah, I mean, outside of the Jets quarterback situation, I would say we were we were about the worst. Maybe the Falcons. <laughs> right. So so bottom yeah. bottom, bottom the 32 teams, tw- tw- no higher than 28. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So are we saying of those three quarterbacks that play, we're saying we want to come back with two of those quarterbacks definitely to be two of our quarterbacks next year. I don't see it, man. The quarterback is the most important position. And, yeah, you can make one of these deals and not work. But if you're not swinging for defenses, you're not trying to win, man. So, you know, and I don't think a second – personally, I don't think a second-round pick for somebody like Justin Fields is too much. Like I said, for me, Justin Fields is who I want and Russell Wilson who, who I will settle for. Okay. Yeah, so go ahead and, and let's let's talk about that. So if you had to if you had to get three guys in this quarterback room for 2024, what three guys are you doing? Obviously, Kenny Pickett's going to be one of those guys, but you said Justin Fields. Are, are you doing a Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett, and then a rookie type situation, or are you going to go get another veteran, or or maybe like a Sam Darnold? What are you doing at the quarterback position if you if you have your way? Oh, that's a tough one. I could go either way with the third, the third arm in the room, but I probably because I think I think it's easier to pick up a veteran later in the year than it is to to get some young talent in your room, some young juice, right? So yeah. I like Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields, and a young guy. You know, and we depend yeah. on the quarterback coaches and the offensive coordinator stuff to coach those guys up, whoever they are. And I and I and I talk about Big G made a point of this on the homies podcast on Friday night. He said Kenny Pickett, I mean Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields gets paid five million dollars this season, five point six or something like that. Then his fifth year option is twenty two million dollars. So we're talking about twenty seven million dollars. Yeah, we're talking about an average of thirteen and a half million dollars a season. I don't see that being a big risk. Then after the fifth year, you can decide what you want to do. I mean, if, if you don't do this with Justin Fields now, you're in the same position with Kenny Pickett next year. Yeah. Yeah. You have to decide if you're exactly. gonna pick up his fifth year option. You know, so I really don't get it. But yeah, I'll probably go Pickett, Fields, and a young guy as a prospect that you can, you know, somebody can get in the fourth or fifth round of the draft. I wouldn't mind Spencer Rattler. 
I like the, the the measurables and the size and the arm strength of Joe Milton. So there's guys in, in yeah. those in that fourth and fifth round that I could take as a project quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I, and you know what's funny is if I've said from the beginning of the process that the way I kind of hope it turns out, and this is going to maybe contradict what I've been saying this whole time, but I'll try to explain it here in a second. What I've said from the beginning is my three-man group that I would love to see, um, and, and they might have a fourth quarter. They might carry a fourth quarterback in training camp. We'll see. But um, I would like to see, um, based on what they're trying to do with their quarterbacks um, for this year and and moving on from them if they don't work out, uh, my my triple threat here would be Kenny Pickett, Ryan Tannehill, and then Joe Milton the third. That that would be my my project, my swing, uh, big swing in the draft in in the middle rounds because he just got all the tools to be elite. I don't think any of the other guys have the tools to be elite. They have the tools to be okay to be decent quarterbacks. Maybe if you if you're talking about like a Spencer Rattler or you know somebody along those lines in, in the middle portion of the draft. But when you're talking about a guy with elite upside, that would be. Joe Milton, in my opinion, and, and not much else in this draft class outside of the top two or three guys. And the reason I say you 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 end up going with Kenny and Tannehill is that you've got Kenny Pickett, give him one more shot without Matt Canada, and then if it doesn't work, you probably aren't a very good team this year. <laughs> and then also you have the easiest off-ramp ever next year because you don't have to keep Ryan Tannehill if he's there as your support guy for Kenny Pickett and a uh, and a guy who knows this offense that they're going to be running better than anybody else in the league uh, at the quarterback position. So your off-ramp is super easy, but then again, if it works out and Kenny's actually good, then you have your fifth-year option chance next year and you get a cheap quarterback for another two seasons after this one. So, you know, as far as building the roster around the quarterback, there you have opportunities. But again, my beef with the team is that they aren't even exploring other options. Like if that's what you settle on at the end of it, that's fine with me and maybe even preferable to me. But if that is what you say you're going to do from day one, then you're not setting yourself up for the most success that you could have potentially in 2024. If you're looking at it in a vacuum. I completely understand your logic with that. I personally don't want any parts of Tannehill. Sure. Um, but I but I understand your logic is what I'm saying. Um, Tannehill has four more touchdowns the past two years, more than Kenny Pickett has his first two seasons. Four. Tannehill's last year, four touchdowns, seven interceptions with a 78 quarterback rating. And I would rather <laughs> it hasn't been uh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. It hasn't. And I think no. we're 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 wasting windows of guys like Cam Hayward, who's who's yeah. really long in the tooth, not much time left. TJ yep. is probably about to hit the peak of his prime or how he has and about to start down. We're still a good prime. Still going to be a 15, 20 sack guy a year. But Minka's back there getting older. I mean, we yep. have too many pieces that Tomlin, Coach Tomlin has said himself, deserve to, to play in the confetti game, man. You know? Yep. And so if we if we said we're going to bring Kenny back and it don't work and we, then we got Tannehill, we're going to fall back on that. That's, that's a wasted season to me. Yeah. Now, if you bring in Kenny, you truly want to, to compete, and you bring in somebody who's 
who wants to compete for the starting position, I think Tannehill will be happy just to be playing with Arthur Smith again and get a paycheck and talk to Kenny in practice about some ways plays work and looking at film and stuff like that. But it's sure. not a threat to get on the field and win. We would definitely probably finish for the first time ever last in the AFC North next year if that's what we're looking at. Yeah, it, it would be uh... – it would be dog days season for for the Steelers in that regard. I just wonder though, you know, if if the Steelers are ever going to get out of this type of rut without having a higher draft pick or or making the trade up because you you don't find starting quarterbacks outside of the top 10 picks of the draft typically. I mean, it's it's very rare that you do unless you go get one in free agency. So, I do want to bring this up from our Good buddy Sean Gurley, who says, if that's the case, Betts, talking about my off-ramp plan for Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill 2025, maybe they're not so good this year. Um, who do we go? Who who would you go with in, in that seat, that draft, if you actually had a high pick? Shador Sanders, Quinn Ewers, they'll be gone in the 2024 20, week. Yeah, I mean, it's not a great quarterback class, so – are you just kind of restarting the process over? It very well could be. Maybe maybe you do need to make a swing this year for a guy you can have for two seasons that puts you in contention, and then you, maybe you try again in 2026. Uh, try to stockpile some picks, have some forward thinking. But that's what I have an issue with is I don't see the Steelers being very forward thinking. I think it's just kind of like this is what we've got. Let's Let's win with – as many games as we can with what we got and make the best of it. See, Betts, in the end, that's not going to help you. JB, if I, if Kevin Colbert were still here, I would think that would be the 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 forward thinking, the way that the Steelers would be thinking. I think Omar Khan is is too too new wave, too analytics driven, too all these things that okay. That I, I think it's smoke some smoke screens out here, man. They have to be trying to get a quarterback and not just saying Kenny Pickett is it. I don't like Shador Sanders. I don't know. Quinn Ewers, I don't like Quinn Ewers, even if the Steelers had a top five pick next year. I don't care for Quinn Ewers. He played at Ohio State, went to Texas. He's a, he's a good quarterback, but he's not a he's not one of those elite talents to me. So he doesn't have any he doesn't have any size at all. I mean the guy's six foot 195. I mean, what are you going to do with that at the NFL level? That to me yeah, doesn't no, play. I, yeah. I completely agree. And he's been hurt in college already. Yeah. We talk about that. So let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Pick 51. If Michael Penix Jr. is there, do you, do you take a shot? Ooh, I'm not a Penix fan in this draft class. I, I'm not. I think maybe, and it's not just because he's left-handed, but I think he's a poor man's Tua Tungavailoa. And by that, I mean, he's just a guy who gets the ball out quick and can be accurate, but I don't know if he's a playmaker at quarterback that you would, that you would need. I think he'll be a serviceable QB, but I just don't know if he's, he's not a guy that elevates the room in my opinion. So I wouldn't take that shot. No. If this, if he was there at 51, would, would, would it be conceivable that the Steelers took that shot? Yeah, I think it would be conceivable. Um, Bo Nix in that range as well, probably. Uh, but again, so, I don't like that necessarily. So, but so, so my question is, would you take Justin Fields over either one of those guys? 100%. So we're, talking about, the, we, yeah. we're talking about the 51st pick, man. Yeah. A few a few years ago at pick 50, 52 or 53, we passed on a quarterback. We took Chase Claypool at 49, I think, in 2020. And the yeah. quarterback, remember that, who I was – 
what was advocating for in 2020 was was Jalen Hurts. Yeah. We could have Jalen Hurts right now, and every all yeah, this, this discussion wouldn't even be relevant. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you never know outside of those types of, of things, but you know, that again, that was the Steelers not being very forward thinking, <laughs> in my opinion. You know, you didn't take a shot while you had the quarterback in place. You just kind of wrote it out with that guy and then uh and then hoped for the best that the following year, and you end up with a Kenny Pickett. At, at pick 20 and so yeah I, obviously Hertz was a different type of quarterback than anything you're going to get in the second round this year because he had that elite rushing ability and I don't see any of the the guys in the second round having that um so that to me is a little bit different play than going after Michael Penix Jr. who's been hurt more than any other quarterback in this draft class and doesn't have a lot of that mobility anymore and then uh, Bo Nix has some mobility, but what does he give you that Kenny Pickett doesn't already do? He They're kind of similar quarterbacks to me. So I, I would go a different direction in my opinion there. No, I, I agree. Shout out to the homie Shannon White. He's in the live chat. Yeah. And, and it could be a few years before the Steelers quarterback situation is settled. And if we, if we were on the homies or one of my podcasts, and I love the guy, my homie Claude Bishop, with being the Matrix right now for talking about King. I mean, <laughs> Justin Fields is not worth a second round pick. And we're not talking about pick 32, like where we got Joey yeah. Porter. We're talking about pick yeah. 51. 52. I know. That, to me, that's that's a, a no brainer there. If that is what you have to give up and that's all you end up having to give up, what are you going to get there that's going to boost your team that much more in 2024? than a quarterback with that type of upside. Nobody. I mean, there's nobody in this class exactly. that's going to do that for I you. mean, Justin Fields, if he's calling the draft, would be a would be a top 10 pick again this year. So yeah. we're looking Absolutely. at the upside and the potential. And sometimes, like in the in the NBA, general managers are going at all the time. That's why I draft so many high school kids, right? Because they look at the upside and the potential. And sometimes in football, like I said, you got to swing for defenders. You got to take a chance at something like that. When it's available yeah. to you, man. Yeah. Well, and the other thing to me is like this team wins football games without with zero explosion on offense. And, uh, you know, they they maybe they don't turn the ball over that much. But Justin Fields, if he throws two picks in one game, you you have just as big a chance of him running two 60 yard touchdowns in. And the Steelers don't have anything that does that right now on offense. So if you're talking about getting some explosion in the building. Uh, at the expense of, of, you know, the three and out because you don't fumble the football. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that every day of the week. Absolutely, JB, man. And the thing is, I've been trying to tell people on some of our podcasts, man, that Justin Fields makes everybody else better because of the threat of Justin Fields. Yeah. You have to put a spy on Justin Fields. Justin Fields is probably arguably the best rushing quarterback in the NFL right now, better than Lamar Jackson. Right yeah. now, rushing the ball from the quarterback position, I would take Justin Field over Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar wow. Jackson had, I think, yeah. like, like 840 yards last year, and yeah. Justin Fields was 200 yards behind him and missed four games. Yeah. When I look at the supporting cast, too, and, you know, some people will kind of overlook that, but this is the Bears we're talking about. The Bears aren't good. They're not a good football team. They didn't have a lot of 
they they weren't blowing the doors down on people with all of the talent that they had on offense. I mean, their offensive line was putrid until the second half of last year, and it, and it took a top ten pick at right tackle to make them respectable. Um, and, and you know, DJ Moore is is a good wide receiver. Uh, the Steelers have way more offensive firepower than than the Bears did, and I would venture to say that uh, that Smith the the new offensive coordinator for the Steelers is a much better offensive coordinator than Luke Getzey was for the Bears uh the last couple of years as well. So this is an upgrade across the board. It's not just Justin Fields coming with all his issues from the Bears. I think that you have a chance if you're Pittsburgh to settle him down where he has issue areas and highlight some of the the epic abilities that he has. So it's not a one-for-one one substitution. The guy in Chicago isn't going to be the exact guy in Pittsburgh if he ends up over there. Um, so I let's go from that talk to this. Um, do you have, do you believe that Justin Fields makes the Pittsburgh Steelers a Super Bowl contender in 2024? Or do you think that this is a guy that you're going to have to, uh, see what he can do and is there any quarterback that could be available this offseason that you think does put them in the Super Bowl conversation with the roster that they you, that you could expect them to have after the draft and free agency we go further in the playoffs than we've been in the past seven years seven playoff okay. years so we yeah. win a game with Justin Fields now that bar is pretty uh, low too right that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying yeah. but we we at yeah. least do that Super Bowl contender I mean, first year, I doubt it. But I think yeah. you got a guy, again, I've said this time and time again, with juice. With the juice to be on the field with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and put up points. I don't know if Kenny's that. Kenny is probably a great game manager at some point in his career and best suited to come off the bench and win in a late game, get it, put a drive together. But not that juice, man. And, that, yeah. and, that, and that's what you need in today's game, man. You have to – be able to have something or somebody to fall back on. Yeah, you do. And I mean, this is, we, you talked about it a little bit ago, the guys on defense that won a championship in the worst way, the Cam Haywards and TJ Watts of the world deserve, you owe it to, deserve to yeah, get a deserve championship it. in the yep. uniform. Yep. You owe it to those guys to not waste 2024. I mean, if I'm, Oh, if I was a betting man on, like retirements, <laughs> I would say this is Cam Hayward's last year in the NFL. I, I mean, he's he's won his Walter Payton Man of the Year award. He's given so much to the city, the fans, the team. He works hard. He's coming off a surgery, uh, two surgeries this this last year, uh, both on the groin, and it, it's just tough when you're that age to be able to come back 100 percent from that. He's got a young family. He's got you know, a, a brother that's, you know, young in, in his NFL career. Maybe he wants to get in more of a support role there. I would consider this 2024 might be his last year. I mean, there's a better chance than not that this could be his last season. And so what are you going out with? Are you going to go out with, well, we're going to try and see what Kenny Pickett can do for us. Or are we going to try our darndest to get a guy in the building who could elevate us to potential championship contention more so than we than we can expect out of Kenny Pickett. Even if Kenny Pickett takes a little bit of a leap here, it's not like he's going to go from 
from what he was in 2022 and 2023 to uh, Josh Allen in, in year three, even if he takes a little bit of a leap. And I mean, that's not enough. <laughs> that's just not enough. Even if he gets better. Hey man, that's why to me at the, at the, at the minimum has to be Russell Wilson. You have to bring in somebody that has experience, that's one that's played in the confetti game and been there to try and give these guys a better chance. If Kenny beats Russell Wilson out, that's fine. You're paying yeah, Russell Wilson yeah. $4 million probably at most. And at he, most, yeah. And, and, and if he, Kenny Pickens beats him out, you can sit Russell on the bench as a quality, quality backup. You know? Um, so as yep. far as Cam, all the things you said about Cam, right on point, I agree with you. I mean, not only is he – a Steeler, he's a Buckeye, so huge fan. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and I, uh, but I do feel like maybe we get two more years out of him because I think they'll have to. I think they'll have to uh, restructure his contract this year, and he has one year sure. left. And you can't restructure unless there's more than one year. So I think they might give him an give him an extra year extra. so they can move some of that money around. But yeah. that could be a that could be a voided year too. So we, it yeah. could be his last year. But I, I, I give him two more seasons. Okay. Two more, yeah. I mean, in any case, it's winding down. <laughs> it is winding and, down. The clock yeah. is, is ticking. Yeah, and TJ Watt will be what thirty one when the season starts. Some something around there. I think TJ is way to thirty one. Oh, really? I thought he was clear. Thir- he was clearing thirty this season, but I may be wrong you, there. If I am, then I'm. Then I you, would be. You, happy you could be, be right. I'm looking. Um, sure. TJ I, I, is was born in '94, so he's 29 now. He'll be 30 in October during the season. He'll be 30 in October. Okay, okay, yeah. So, man, it's weird to think that I'm older than TJ Watt, and I just don't see myself that way. But hey, you know that's the way it goes. <laughs> I'm, I'm almost older than Mike Tomlin. He got me by about six months. <laughs> hey, there you go. Yeah. So, you know how you know the feeling then when he hit the league, probably. So, um, you know, this has been a great discussion here, and I I I think that you know. The whatever the Steelers end up doing at the quarterback position, it, it's a lot of it hinges on whether Mason Rudolph would indeed come back. And like we talked about, I don't think financially it's going to be feasible to bring him back for what he gives you. Uh, and so I just think somebody else is going to offer him more than the Steelers are going to want to bring him back for. And when you're talking about something along those lines, that might change the whole script anyway. You know, they might be like, well, that didn't work. So what are we going to do now? It can't just be Kenny and a rookie. We can't do that. That ain't going to work. And so where where are you going to go from there? And, you know, that might change the script in and of itself. So maybe it is that they're not thinking about doing a big splashy play right now. Maybe that'll change as you approach the free agency period here and the tampering period, which uh, my gosh, it's only like two weeks away, two and a half two weeks, weeks away. away. And, and, so, and, and, and guys will be talking at the combine next week. Oh yeah. They'll be talking. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And you could get a trade done at the combine too. I mean, the they've been talking about Justin Fields trade ramp up at the combine. I mean, that's a, a time to make a play. And um, especially say you go into this draft class, the Steelers, and you're like, we definitely want to draft a quarterback here. And none of those guys look good. What what does that do for you? <laughs> you know what I mean? We got to right, add somebody man. else outside of this to make it work. And you know, hey, I, man, I, man. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say I, I kind of like the idea of a Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett, and uh, 
Um, oh, now I'm blanking on his name. The, the former Steeler quarterback who took the league by storm. This Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs. You know, I like, I I like, like that, that three, room too. I like that yeah, room three too. man room. That's a good three man room, right? So. For for jo- Josh Dobbs for a veteran addition, yeah. Yeah. He, he's going to come in, know he's going to be third, no matter who wins the first team competition, yeah. QB1 competition. Um, yeah. Again, back to Mason Rudolph, and I think if Mason Rudolph doesn't sign, I think that's when they start to look down those other avenues like you're saying. And I think I think that's where first Russell Wilson and then probably Tannehill rise to the yeah. to the top of if, if Mason doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, and again – do they want to pay Mason, say, $8 million to come in and compete? If he loses, he's a backup. Do they want to pay Russell Wilson $4 million and let him <laughs> come in and compete? And if he loses, yeah. he's the backup. Yeah. And then if Russell Wilson loses, that means you're seeing actual exponential growth from Kenny Pickett. It doesn't mean necessarily mean that if he beats out Mason Rudolph. So because contrary to popular opinion, and if you if you watch the tape, and, and believe me, I have sat down and watch the Russell Wilson tape from this season. This guy was, at worst, a league average quarterback in 2023 with moments where you were like, whoa, that was some, that was a little bit of that old Russ magic. And if he can bring that to Pittsburgh, that's an immediate upgrade on anything we have. I agree. I think I mean, Russ, Russ, Russ had yeah. 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions. Yep. I think Sean Payton did not want to let him do a little more in the offense. I think he was yeah. trying to protect him too much. Well, and I think I think at the, the end of it, games too. Well, I think that was to save him from injury, so they wouldn't have to pay. Because sure. if he got hurt, they had to pay two years and not one year. Yeah. So I also think Sean Pay- Payton scapegoat him at the end too. So I don't think Russell is as bad as we think he is. I've told the guys on the other yeah. shows that I think Russell has been humble since the let Russ cook days. You know, I could truly see a conversation with him and, between him and Coach Tomlin where they both say, look, dude, Tomlin, man, I ain't been to a Super Bowl since 2010. Then Russ, like, Russ, you haven't won one since 2013. Yeah. So what if we both come together and try and make this thing work and get, get back to the Super Bowl where we're used to being? I think that's a true possibility, man. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And it's kind of funny, uh, you know, I've grown, obviously I've grown as a fan uh, over the years and and I'm still fairly young, 30 years old this last year. So I, uh, in my early twenties, it was the oh, Russell Wilson. He's a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, that's what the national media was all like. Russell Wilson's actually a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger. He's winning Super Bowls. Roethlisberger's not. He's, you know, he's a part of good offenses that, can actually get get to the championship game. Roethlisberger's not. That was all hogwash to me from the very beginning, and I kind of resented Russell Wilson for it for a long time. But now, full circle, he ends up coming to the Steelers this offseason if that were to happen. I, I would be definitely on the uh, happy end of fandom if that were to be the case. <laughs> no, I, I completely... 34 million. I completely agree with you, man. I mean, I think in the in the big picture of things, Ben Roethlisberger is higher up on the on the totem pole than Russell Wilson for NFL quarterbacks. But Russ should have two Super Bowls if Pete Carroll runs the ball. Yeah. Don't you believe Mike Tomlin hands it off to Najee Harris in the same situation, and Steelers come home with a Super Bowl? Ben yeah. Ben's first Super Bowl was was defensive driven. He didn't do much. It's like Russell's Super Bowl win. 
So Russell, I believe, has nine Pro Bowls to Ben's five, but it was way harder to get in in the AFC when you got Manning and Brady and those guys over here. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but Russell is a good – Russell's going to be a Hall of Famer. And he's 35 years old, and I can see him coming in, humbling himself, wanting to play for Coach Tomlin and leading the team and to being competitive in that AFC North like we were this year. And I think, you know, we could probably finish at least third again, but maybe second. I think Russell Wilson right now is better than Deshaun Watson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think think Kenny Pickett is right now. No, I I don't. Um, I You know, I – my big question to you would be, are you ready for Steeler country? Let's ride. Cause you know, that's common. If Russell Wilson goes to Pittsburgh, are you ready for yeah, somebody no, other I than agree. Joey Porter, Joey Porter saying let's ride in, in, in that huddle. I don't know. <laughs> that, that, that would be, be coming. That would definitely be yeah. coming. That's Russ's thing. Absolutely. Yeah, man. All right. Hey, it's been a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on Tate. Uh, and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in. We didn't get to a lot of questions. There weren't, weren't a lot of questions in the in the comment section, but a lot of your thoughts out there. We appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week here on the Steelers Q&A with more Steelers talk and a lot of combine talk probably coming up after that. A lot of prospects that will be on the rise, some that are, are falling down. We'll see how that plays out, but tune in again next week. Tate, any last uh, things you want to say before you go and uh, plug in or give a plug for some of the other stuff you're doing for Steel Curtain Network and beyond. Yeah, man. Um, for Steel Curtain Network, you know, we'll be on Wednesday evening, pump your brakes. Yep. Myself, Shannon White, the Triple OG, Big G, who's been in the live chat uh, yep. continuously for the, for the past 40 minutes. Um, yep. And then Friday, we got the Homies Podcast, Homies Overtime. That's me, Big G. Be dirt and pay. Uh, we recently just got the Know It Alls podcast is going to be airing on uh, audio on the um, FFSN platform. We're looking forward to getting that thing started. Uh, you know, we we had that meeting, bets, and I might be, I may probably, I want to pick up some additional uh, editorial responsibilities. So that may be coming soon in the next couple of weeks. I do. Um, you know, so th- th- those things are are what's going on. I appreciate you for having me. Don't forget, I also yeah. do in G and my little homie Relly Hall. We also do the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's rather Cavalier podcast on FFSN. So you know, basketball season is about to get cranking. The last third of the season, yeah. playoff time coming in April. So let's let's give that a listen if you can. And that's about it, man. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, I've got one last question for you here, Tate. The news broke this last week that the Steelers might be looking to, or not the Steelers, excuse me, City of Pittsburgh might be looking to add a pro basketball team. If that happens, you're moving over to that pro basketball team from the Cavaliers, right? I mean, that's that's just not even a question. If they, <laughs> and because of your age, I'm guessing you haven't seen this movie, The Fish to Save Pittsburgh. Uh-uh. Pittsburgh, <laughs> yeah, Dr. J, Leah Servers, that movie when he was younger, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. Okay. YouTube it one day. Just watch the trailer. But uh, if Pittsburgh gets a basketball team, they name that team the Pisces because in that movie, the Pittsburgh Pisces was named the team. Okay. I will switch over. There you but, go. <laughs> you know, I'm originally from Youngstown, Ohio, right in the middle okay. of right in the middle of Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Yeah. My dad was a Steelers fan, so I went Steelers football. Yeah. There was no there was no basketball team in Pittsburgh, so the Cavs yep. was my basketball team. 
even more so once LeBron came because I rooted for him sure. a little bit back in the in the late 80s, early 90s, Mark Price, Brad Doherty. They were good, but they could never get past Michael Jordan. And right. then, you know, I've rooted for some other teams. I know Cleveland's never going to do anything. Then when LeBron came in 03, which has been about 20-plus years now, I've been a Cleveland Cavalier fan ever since. So that's where I'm at. There you go. No need to switch. I don't think that's going to be happening anyway. So <laughs> we'll see how it goes. All right, Tate, uh, we're signing off here on the Steelers Q&A. We appreciate you all chiming in and listening in. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>